0: Welcome to Ridgewood Talks. Through this podcast, we'll be introducing you to some of the leaders and legends in our village. We'll keep you updated about fascinating local events, and we'll dig into the town's hot topics and so much more. But first, let me introduce myself. I'm Jeannie Johnson, the founder of Ridgewood Talks and Ridgewood Walks. The goal of these initiatives is to create a kinder, more connected, and a more vibrant community. I'm thrilled to be co-hosting this podcast with my good friend and all-around wonderful guy, Jordan Kaufman. We look forward to meeting with you weekly, and we look forward to hearing your thoughts on who and what you'd like to learn about in our beautiful hometown. Enjoy this episode, and until we meet again, be kind and do good. Hi everybody! Thank you again for tuning in to Ridgewood Talks. We're really excited today. I've got my co-host Jordan Hoffman with me. Hey Jordan, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks, Jeannie. How are you? Coming off this uh, super awesome weekend?
0: Oh my god, it was amazing. There's it's first of all the weather has just been spectacular and just love all this community engagement that we're having in these, in, in our town. And speaking of community engagement, today's a really special day because we are going to be interviewing a couple of our Village Council candidates. So um, why don't we let you introduce our next guest?
1: Yeah, so uh, we're really honored to have our guest uh, Siobhan Winograd on to talk a little bit about her uh, campaign for running for one of two seats on the Ridgewood Council uh Siobhan is an RHS graduate from 1991 um we spent a lot of time talking to Siobhan the Ridgewood High School Alumni Association which had a huge thing going on this is we're coming off the heels of our homecoming weekend and Siobhan has two kids who have grown up in the Ridgewood school system she lives in walking distance of the downtown so she's been very involved in the downtown and a lot of community efforts and in fact Siobhan you've been involved in so much in the community I feel like the best person to talk a little bit about that involvement is uh from uh, you know from your, from your own words. So please tell us a little bit about what motivates you to be more involved in the community and to get involved in the council.
2: Well, thank you both for having me. So um, I'm Siobhan Cran Winograd and I was born in Ridgewood, raised in Ridgewood uh, and moved back here to raise my own family. So this November there is There's a local election on the bottom of the ballot, and I'm running for several reasons. But the first is often people focus on the higher level elements of government, you know, federal and state, and local elections really matter. And over the past 10 years, I've become very active in town simply because it does matter. Your local elections dictate your schools, your water, how vibrant our downtown is. And I'm really hoping that this year on November 8th, there's widespread awareness that we do have a local election. It's for two seats for four years. Um, I'm running for one of those seats because I feel that I'm uniquely qualified to offer the council a lot of insight and a lot of experience. After I left Richard High School, I went to Lafayette College. I have a degree in engineering, and then I worked for Tiffany & Company for a decade where I handled new product uh, development engineering. And at the same time, I got my MBA in finance and marketing at night. One of the reasons I also feel that I'm really involved is that like you two, I've had a front row seat to many issues over the past decade. If elected, which I'm hoping I will be, I would be able to jump in and immediately start working. And I think that's a unique advantage because I want to serve, I love this town, I want to give back. And after participating in so many things, I feel that I know how to give back and I know how to navigate the process. So um, one, I hope everybody votes this November. Two, I hope everybody votes in the local election. And most importantly, I hope everyone votes for me. I'm row two on the ballot. And if you're voting by mail, it's on the back page. So don't forget about me, row two.
1: Thank you much, That. Uh really helps add some some color and context to what motivates you to get involved in the council and and you know. um, Some of the things that that you're able to uh, to bring into into focus and play that really kicks off one of the questions that we had, which is you know, knowing your experience question that we wanted to ask all of our candidates is, in your opinion, what are the most pressing issues facing the village at this time.
2: So my campaign is called Winograd 2022 and it can be viewed at the website winograd2022.com and I actually have three issues that I've detailed. The first is regarding our central business district which obviously a huge reason why many people moved here is the downtown and we're lucky. I love the downtown but I feel over the past two years there's been some areas of missed opportunity. Uh, the number one miss that I think we've I think most of the community would agree is that we did not do the pedestrian plaza this summer. So with respect to the downtown, I want to see a commitment to the pedestrian plaza, Walkability, pedestrian safety. As you mentioned, I live very close to town. And as many people know, I'm a big walker. In fact, Jeannie and I met on the Stop, Click, and Wave campaign, I don't know, 12 years ago. So I'd like to see the pedestrian plaza reinstated. I'd like to see a further commitment to pedestrian safety and walkability. And then on top of that, without sounding too critical, I think downtown is in need of some love looks a little tired, the COVID markers need to be cleaned up, and then part of my campaign is talking about the fact that we've gotten rid of meters, but we physically failed to remove them. So, I would be looking at um, a commitment to beautify and enhance our downtown and make it more vibrant, that's point one. Point two is that I have a commitment to parks, and we're very lucky that we have open space and a beautiful park system. However, the failure to develop Shedler has resulted in a lot of problems for our community. One, it's left our land overutilized and again, really tired. So when when we were kids, Jordan, each year, one of the fields got a little rest because, you know, they would say, okay, citizens, you're going to take a little snooze and you're going to recover and you're going to grow some grass. But because there's such a demand and overutilization, all of our land that we have is a little tired. When Orchard closed and rightfully closed, they should have closed Orchard. That should have forced this Shedler exchange even further. So one of the things that I think is, not only do I want to bring Shedler because it's past due, it's long overdue, we've spent $7 million, it deserves to come in, but that bringing the new land in will do two things. It will let our existing land rest, and it will also help with flood mitigation. You know, when, because it's not if, the football field um, floods, We'll have places for the kids. And lastly, I have a commitment to communication. Obviously, big talker, I shall will see. I think that the village does a really good job and sometimes like anybody makes mistakes, but I think what we do very poorly is communicate about any of it. We don't communicate good things and we don't communicate bad things. And are, from my vantage point at 49, the communication system is antiquated and old and needs a revamping. Additionally, with the communication is that the way we interact with the public is lacking. And I really, part of my communication platform is I'd like to restore hybrid access to our council meetings. And we can talk more about that later, but as the daughter of a disabled person, I felt that it was such a beautiful time to let people who had typically been homebound into the process. And I'm somewhat appalled that the council has decided not to continue hybrid access. And I would like to restore that.
1: Thanks.
0: Um, So the other question that we have for you is, What do you think is the most important skill in being an effective council person? So I view the
2: council like a board of directors and a team. So I would say the most important skill is probably being a good teammate and being a role player and doing your part. I think our council right now, being honest, is a little fractured and I don't see a sense of team and I see factions and I see people. I don't see a group. And really the way that the structure works with our form of government is it's supposed to be five unique individuals acting in the best interest of the community. So I think um, being a team player, being able to work with people, even when you disagree with them, is something that's extremely important. And I think that's probably the most important thing for them to work together because, you know, over the past couple of years, and we've seen this everywhere... There's these blocks that operate, and it really promotes a sense of discontent amongst the council and then amongst the community. So I would like to see people work more collaboratively. I would also like to see a strong team and a body, like a board, a true board, work effectively with a strong and effective village manager. So I think that kind of combination of five unique people working together is
0: the strength. So just I'm going to tag on to that. So as you understand it, what is your um, what is your understanding of our method of governing? There are a lot of newcomers, I would imagine, that will be listening to this podcast. So if you could just describe in detail what the Faulkner um, Act is. Okay, that's
2: like a civics 101. So now I'm wearing my League of Women
0: Voters hat. Um, So,
2: Ridgewood is a really unique place. We're a non-partisan form of government, which means we don't affiliate with any of the parties and we are issue specific. So, you see that all day, every day. We discuss rather than how this party would feel about something, we talk about the issue and we dissect the issue. I love that. I'm actually an issues girl. I like that way. Um, The way that we have our form of government, Faulkner, is it's a non-powerful form of government where five people are elected to the council. From that five, they self-select their their mayor and their deputy mayor. We do not elect a mayor, and that, that's a common source of confusion, because in some other districts and other forms of government, you do. So we elect five, and they self-select. Um, they also self-select a deputy mayor, and blah, blah. That body, that board, so to speak, then hires a village manager or assumes the village manager chooses that it's there, similar to a board of directors and a CEO, right? So... That's our form of government and it's very effective. I think it's a wonderful form. We don't get bogged down in politics. We don't have a primary. And with that, now we have the unique opportunity to select it in November, which is very awesome.
1: Thanks, that's, uh, that's always some clarity that's helpful for people to uh, to hear on how exactly our, our government works. It's definitely something that not everyone is 100% clear on, especially when you look at people who just moved to the town. In that, uh, one of the questions that we had, and I think this is, uh, you know, one that really gets to, uh, you know, a person's character is, can you describe an ethical dilemma you faced and how you resolved it?
2: So this is an interesting question when I got this one. So of course, everybody has ethical dilemmas, of course, across their life. And I think the bigger your life is, the more personal relationships you have and how they interface with individual relationships. So I think for me, one of the things you want to keep it clean, you want to make sure you're using guiding principles and values and morals to navigate this. Two, you want to act in the best interest. And it's interesting that this is asked while running for council, because I imagine as a council member, you have your council member view and then your personal view. And that's sort of something that I've seen a little bit of a disconnect of, What I want for the town is one thing, but what the collective wants for the town and what would benefit the town is bigger. And we we keep seeing this. So, you know, in terms of debates, you know, I might have a personal preference on the pedestrian mall, but there's no doubt that the collective and the largest group of people in town from the residents who did the petition to the businesses and the restaurants that advocated for it, that's where there's a clear choice. So, I mean, as we move into this, I think the council would really, because in addition to being on the council, you're also a person who lives here. And I think part of navigating ethical debates is leaving what you want and representing what the community wants. And that's something I'd really like to see, because we've seen a little bit of thwarting of that, whether it's the pedestrian mall, the hybrid access, or the pickleball, I think people are allowed to and should have their own set of values and opinions drawn. But as a council member, the conflict should be non-existent because you have to act in the greater good of the community. So, you know, like I said, everybody has an ethical dilemma. I think it's important to keep yourself in check and honest and navigate it. But for me, you have to look at the greater good. And I think that's a question that I'd be interested in hearing everybody on the council's response because you really have competing forces. You have what you wanna do and what you know is gonna benefit the town. And to me, that might be something that's been the largest lacking thing over the past two years, I would say.
0: Okay, so I'm sure that myself and many others are wondering why are you the best person for this position? So
2: as I said in the beginning, I'm uniquely qualified. Um, One, I love Ridgewood, you know, like I'm sure everybody who lives in Ridgewood loves Ridgewood. I see it from many different vantage points, you know, clearly I was born here, I was raised here, I've been both a child and a parent here. Um, But in addition to that, I have somewhat of an eclectic background, you know, education wise, I am a female engineer who practiced, I worked for Tiffany, but I worked in supply chain on the manufacturing side. Um, You know, an engineering mindset is unrepresented on the council right now it's a different way of thinking and problem solving. Um, Two, I have an MBA and that's very valuable and I'm a wonderful communicator. I'm also the daughter of a disabled person, which again adds a unique lens to the community. My father had polio as a child, and before he was permanently disabled from a very young age, you know, handicap accessibility in the 70s and 80s when it wasn't there was something my family talked about and we really worked on. So I, again, I think everybody brings something to the table in any situation, but when you have a different background and I have decades of history, whenever I need a historical question answered, I either go to the library or my mom. So my unique set is, you know, my personality combined with my education, my career history, and then the added fact that over the past 10 years being really active here, um, I'm pretty seasoned in the political process. Well, I'm not a politician. I was a petitioner for One Village, One Vote, and that was very eye-opening to it be uh, you know, a petitioner um, and actually advocate for my one true thing that I really, wanted the community to decide on. So those skills are something unique, I think. You know. I think the word unique is what I keep saying, but um, add them all up together kind of makes me, and I do feel that I am the best person for this position, given all that background.
1: Thank you for that. Given some of that input that you just had, I uh, would like to parlay that question with, um, how do you describe a little bit about your management style and, and how you interact with, with folks when, when you're in a leadership position?
2: So I love interacting with people. I am a people person. I'm a talker. Um, When you hear from people, I'm the youngest of a large family, and I'm the youngest of the youngest daughter who lives in town. So my net's pretty big. You know, one thing, in addition to being big talkers, I'm a wonderfully generous listener. So my management style is to listen and effectively engage by hearing other people. And honestly, when I'm at the decision-making table, I'm less concerned with being heard and more about listening. I will say that I'm very direct. You know, I'm very mindful of people's feelings and I'm very nurturing in a lot of ways. But when it comes to things, I don't hold back a lot. You know, I'm very direct. I like to involve everybody at the table. But with that being said, what I think one of the most effective things about me is that I'm effective. As at a certain point after gaining consensus and involving all the people, and I'm pretty decent at that. Like I've never really left anybody out there comes a point in time at which I make a decision and I begin to move forward. And my goal is to be effective. And I think one village, one vote vote is the prime example of that. The discussion had been kicked around in the community for a long time. And when I was putting the outline together to have it be a study for the League of Women Voters, I realized in doing the outline with a larger group that the time had come, this question needed to be asked, and this was it. At the table, I'm collaborative and I'm easy to work with. I think A lot of people who work with me would say that, but I'm also effective. I don't look to just be there and be heard or or to listen. I like to make meaningful collaborative decisions and make them effective and have our community benefit from them.
0: Thank you. Um, So with that, um, we would like to know, how do you plan to involve residents in the decision-making process in our town?
2: So there, there are several things, which I like. I feel like I'm gonna go back and forth to the same things. Um, first of all, I think volunteerism, Ridgewood runs on it, there's no doubt. Like both of you are avid volunteers. We need people to volunteer. We need to make the volunteering process a little friendlier. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it's been rough. I think being involved over the past two years has been very rough. Um, so one, we need to encourage and promote volunteerism because Ridgewood's a smart, thoughtful, eclectic town. And one of the things that really always bothers me is we never really cast that broad net. And you know, over the past couple of years, we've seen the FAC, which was a broad net of financial skills eliminated. We saw CRAB, which is Community Relations Advisory Board, which had a broad eclectic set of skills. Eliminated. So one, I would want to extend the net further, let people know what our government does, let people know what we're capable of, you know, go over that and include people. And I feel like we need to do that through communications, which is why our communications is so important. For example, if your child goes to Ridgewood High School, you almost get too much information. I know they're kids and we want to get notices and notices and notices. And the village is sparse, you know, we don't get timely minutes, we don't get timely agendas. We're really almost taking steps away from engagement. And added to that, you know, good governance is reliant on citizen engagement. So the hybrid access was sort of the silver lining of COVID. We kind of got engagement and it was widespread. You know, at one time during the height of COVID, there was a Zoom meeting and there were a hundred people on that call advocating for, for pickleball. And I think that's beautiful. So I would start with enhancing our communications, making them more frequent, making them more readable. Sometimes you get them and it's a scroll fest. You know, people don't read this much. We need stronger communication with community we need to get people who have unique skills to be involved and then once involved we need to treat them nicely and the big win would be to let people into the process to influence it and advocate for whatever their passion play was the hybrid access is just to me it seems like such low-hanging fruit and we need to get back to it because with that More people will be involved and more people will be able to tell, if I'm on the council, what you want. And I would think one of the major hurdles being on council is knowing what the community thinks. So you want to make every and all
0: avenues available for information to come in, not just out. Thank you. That is great. You've really helped inform us um, as to what your platform is for this election. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to let us interview you and ask you these very important questions that obviously, you know, this is a critical decision for everyone in our community um, to make. So I'm very happy that you, again, took the time to sit down with us and um, discuss these things. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Siobhan, thanks so much. And I want to just remind everyone that Siobhan talks a lot about some of the things on our platform. Uh, We recommend everyone to go to the candidate websites to learn more about the things that they're promoting. Siobhan, I believe it's Winograd 2022 Mm -hmm. uh, is your website. For those who are are listening and don't know how it's spell Winograd, uh, if you haven't seen signs up in the town, it's winograd2022.com to uh, hear a little bit more about some of the things on top of some of the things she discussed today uh, in these questions, but also some of the other uh, things that she's uh, supporting and, and highlighting that uh, we need to focus on the town. So thank you so much, uh, Siobhan, for uh, going through all that information. I think it's very helpful. And one of the things you said at the very beginning of this, which I think you know all of us will agree with, is we really want our residents to get involved, get out and vote. Um, have an expression about some of the things that are important going on in town. It certainly is, uh, is something that I think we all really want to encourage. I always remind people that, you know, the, the more people that vote, the more accurate the outcome of the elections are as far as the views of the residents and, and the things that they're supporting. So, Please, everyone, go out and vote. We hope to, you know, bring some more uh, information and content to you to help you kind of s- uh, shuffle through uh, what's important and and what's happening out there and where the candidates all fall on those issues. Jeannie, anything else before we before we wrap up?
0: Well, you know, again, uh, the whole purpose of Ridgewood Talks, again, is to interview the leaders and the legends of the village and to dig into the town's hot topics. And so this is very timely. This is really important information. We don't have access um, to very much information anymore with the demise of our local newspaper. So I really hope our listeners, all what three or four of you, <laughs> or I hope there's more. Um, I hope that you will spread the spread the word that we're here and we are working diligently to bring you timely information and give you information from the sources mouth. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, Siobhan, for being here, and thanks so much to my co-host jo- Jordan Kaufman. Um, you really make this project uh, fulfilling. So. Goodbye everybody. Tune in next interview. See ya.